In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending January 23rd, in an effort to reduce illnesses from poultry products, food safety officials at USDA are proposing some changes in contamination standards and changes in how our poultry products are tested for contamination. Gary Crawford has the details. We're about protecting public health and we're about food safety. And this is exactly what we believe is in the best interest of the American citizen. The Agriculture Department's Deputy Undersecretary for Food Safety, Al Almanza, talking about USDA's proposed new safety standards to cut salmonella and campylobacter in ground poultry, as well as raw chicken parts. Now, back in 1996, USDA put in standards for whole chickens, but things have changed since then. Consumers don't buy whole birds anymore. They buy chicken parts. And so USDA is proposing some new contamination standards that processors will need to meet, and also a little different procedure to be used when USDA inspectors take samples for testing. Traditionally, we take 52 samples 52 consecutive days. So what we're going to do is we're going to change that and we're just going to take 52 samples and not let them know when we're taking the samples. Almanza says by making those changes. We're looking at reducing 50,000 illnesses a year. USDA will be taking public and industry comments on the proposal for 60 days. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. Thanks, Gary. In other news, there are some key priorities for cattle producers this legislative session. And Colin Woodall with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association says that includes tax, trade, and transportation. We are excited about the opportunities to work on all three of those, particularly when you look at the Senate and the new Senate controlled by the Republicans. We have some committee chairmen, uh, some new committee chairmen who are coming in. They're going to be willing to a lot of topics that we have not had the opportunity to address the past couple of years. In particular, we have to start, of course, with ongoing concerns with EPA. And one of the committees of jurisdiction is the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, which is chaired by Senator Jim Inhofe, a Republican from Oklahoma. And he's made it very clear that fighting EPA and pushing back on waters in the United States is going to be a top priority of his. But also when you look at the other issues such as taxes and transportation and trade, there's always a hook with the Agriculture Committee. And we know that Senator Pat Roberts, Republican from Kansas, in his new role as the leading Republican there, is going to uh, insert himself on all those discussions, knowing that they're going to have an impact on agriculture. And he's going to be supported through the appropriations process by his fellow Kansas Senator, Jerry Moran, who's going to take over as the chair of that subcommittee. So we're feeling really good about the committee leadership that we have and their willingness to take on our issues. And Woodall says this is all welcome timing. Because uh, when you look at our priority list, Three things in particular that we want to address and have not had a whole lot of attention from the Senate recently. One is tax reform. We need overall tax reform, and we've made that very clear to both the House and the Senate. And the reason why is to try to prevent what we saw at the end of 2014, where we had to hustle to try to get the tax provisions that expired at the end of 2013, such as bonus depreciation and Section 179, put back in place. It was a bit of a Chinese fire drill that we cannot afford to do year in, year out. We need certainty in the tax code, especially for producers, and the only way we're going to get that is with overall tax reform, and we believe the Senate is up to that task. Also, we need reauthorization of the transportation bill, whether it's infrastructure for trucks uh, carrying cattle to market or if it's trying to uh, increase the trailer weights, which has been a priority for NCBA for quite a number of years. We need to make sure that we are addressing that and not just doing two-year short-term reauthorization. We need a true change in our overall approach to infrastructure. And then finally, trade continues to be a high priority for cattle producers. And we know that uh, the Senate Finance Committee is going to take a leadership role in getting Trade Promotion Authority, TPA, reauthorized and ultimately getting TPP passed. Well, Tyron Spearman had a report this week concerning the availability of peanut seed this year. 
The peanut acreage this coming year is expected to be up 15 to 20 percent, but the question is, will there be enough seed? Billy Skaggs, the manager of the seed certification program in Georgia, said he feels like there should be since the acreage was increased from 92,000 acres of seed peanuts last year up to 132,000 acres of seed in Georgia this year. They're almost 40,000 acres over uh, the previous year. Uh, Some acres were rejected due to frost and isolation, and field inspectors have been completed and the peanuts harvested. There were 57 certified buying points that have been inspected, and they are ready for treating seed. Of the 57 buying points, they say lab tests have been completed on the variety identity, pure seed, and free of weeds. The number one seed produced in Georgia is the Georgia 06G. It's certified 88,000 acres, registered 19,000 acres. The third type that is the most popular is the Georgia 09B. We have 2,000 acres of that certified. 09B has also 1,444 acres of registered seed. Another variety that is pretty popular in the southeast is the Florida 07s. There's 3,800 acres of those being grown in Georgia. And the Flow Runner, Flow Runner 107, is that we have 1,449 acres. Those are your leading. There's also one called Tifgard that is mainly used on problem fields with nematodes. We have almost 6,000 acres of those as certified uh, on registered and certified. No seed prices have been announced as of yet, but they're expected to be around 68 69 cents per pound as farmers get ready for the new crop. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Cindy Zimmerman had a story this week about how new videos have been produced to help teach those interested in how to farm. To close the communications gap between farmers and consumers, the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance recently released four videos that showcase what farmers do every day. Randy Kratz is CEO of USFRA. The four videos highlight how to milk 1,200 cows, how to care for 7,000 hogs. Also, we looked at what value residue is for a corn producer and soybean growers, and we also looked at how to gather 50,000 eggs a day. What we hope to do specifically with this project is to make sure the trust in food production is continuing to grow and the farmers really have the freedom to operate their farms the way that they want to and respond to consumer demands that are coming from an informed consumer. The videos can be found on the USFRA website, fooddialogues.com. I'm Cindy Zimmerman, Southeast Agnet. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Ever Griner talking about American farm icons vanishing. Uh, I'm not keeping records, but I am kind of keeping up with some of the common things that have vanished uh, or nearly vanished uh, from the American farm home. Here's one, the guinea fowl. Once as common as a chicken, they were rarely seen today. You may not know it, but farm families have given up a lot. Uh, Guineas were extremely good lookouts. They let you know if anything strange appeared. They were easy to care for and were resistant to most poultry diseases. They'd eat any bug or insect that moved if it wasn't bigger than they were. There were no trouble to raise, and they cost the family practically nothing. There's a long list of other benefits from having guineas around, but they hardly matter anymore. Not even that pot of rich, tasty dumplings. Beautiful, friendly bird is another American farm icon that has practically vanished. That's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. 
Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.